Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast, where our goal is to inspire and encourage you with actionable strategies to take you from overwhelmed to confident in your homeschool adventure. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode 245. This episode is brought to you by All About Learning Press. Did you know that you could teach reading and spelling in just 20 minutes per day? In fact, All About Learning Press offers effective, fun, and affordable reading and spelling programs to help your homeschool student become a proficient reader and speller for life. Their All About Spelling program is the magic touch that my dyslexic child needed to be able to confidently learn how to spell. Not perfectly. He's never going to be perfect at it, but it was the only thing that worked for him. And if I could go back, I would use All About Reading for all my kids for their reading instruction. So if I could start all over, I would lo- I would totally use All About Learning Press for both reading and spelling. Sometimes it just takes like several years, maybe a decade to figure out what really works. And so I'm trying to save you the headache of having to throw out multiple curriculum because it doesn't work for you. Try All About Learning Press and see what you think. So I love that they also have monthly giveaways. Now, when you're listening to this, the giveaway might be different, but right now in the month of December, they're giving away a tablet of your choice and a gift card to get their letter tile app that goes with all about spelling. So when you're looking at the giveaway, it might be something totally different, but you could actually win a whole big curriculum package from them. So you might as well enter, right? And if you go to 41more.com forward slash giveaway, that's my referral link that will send you over to them. They'll know that I sent you and you can enter that giveaway. That's 41more.com forward slash giveaway to check out the monthly giveaway from our friends at All About Learning Press. Hello and welcome to episode 245. You can find the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 245. So several months ago, I asked my listeners, hey, what do you want me to cover? Give me some topics, give me some questions, and I'm going to go find some experts and guests to join us on the podcast. So one listener named Rebecca asked if we could cover the topic of practical tips on homeschool routines while homemaking, like how to fit it all in. And she said, you know, this is my topic, please cover it. So I thought 
This is a great one because obviously homeschool moms, we've got a million things on our plates. We've got the homeschooling, the educational responsibilities, but of course we're living in our house. We're home a lot of the time. Our kids are home a lot of the time. We've still got to feed them. We've still got to get, keep the house clean. We've still got to do the laundry. How do we fit it all in while still homeschooling and not neglecting that part of our responsibility, right? So I know a lot of us can feel frazzled with this, but I think with some of these really great tips and actionable strategies, it will help you out. And hopefully this is helpful for you, Rebecca, because you sent this question in to us. So I hope this is a really big help for you as you try to tackle this. So as our guest today, we're welcoming back Carrie Beck from howtohomeschoolmychild.com. Carrie is a homeschool grandma now, but she homeschooled her three kids, you know, when they were younger and she's got a lot of wisdom to share. So we walk through this topic and I think you're going to find some really great strategies. She's going to mention several resources that she has on her site that speak to these specific issues. And if you miss um, what they are or how to get them, of course, they'll be in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 245. Okay, so here is my conversation with Carrie Beck from How to Homeschool My Child, and we're answering a listener question from Rebecca on practical tips on homeschool routines while homemaking. Hi, Carrie. Welcome back to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast. Well, hello, Abby. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So before we jump into our reader question, which you're here as our expert to help answer, just remind people, give us a brief intro into your family and when you were homeschooling, like what was the span of ages of your kids and that type of thing? Well, yes, um, I'm not homeschooling anymore, but I got grandkids now. And so I don't really do any formal homeschooling, but I always have fun things and they're excited about that. But I have three kids and um, they are all in their thirties now. Two are married and each of them have two kids that are married. Hunter is our baby. He's actually, he turns 31 in like two or three weeks into December. Can't believe I have kids that old. So go back, way back in history, um, we homeschooled for 10 years. Uh, when my oldest was in fourth grade, it was not a good experience. Well, actually, in third grade, we pulled her out half the year. We put her back at this private Christian school in fourth grade, and it just was not a good fit. And I personally just think it was God telling Steve and I, hey, I want y'all to homeschool. And if it has to be like this, this is what we're going to do to get you there. Because I said I would never homeschool. I didn't necessarily say it publicly. I was a public school teacher for six years. And at that time, I just thought homeschoolers were too lazy to get up and get their kids to school. Honesty. So sorry. But um, I have just done a complete about face and I love homeschooling. I fell in love with it. I think it's awesome. Build the, not just academic. I mean, there's so much beyond academics, but anyway, so we homeschooled for 10 years, all three kids, the two girls graduated from homeschool. Hunter, actually, we moved back here to Texas in his sophomore year and he ended up going back to that Christian, um, Christian high school as well. And so we actually took things sort of a year at a time, but there was a big chunk in the middle for homeschooling. I was really sad. I didn't really want him to go to school that whole summer. I just kept praying. Okay, God. Okay. And the, um, 
Sunday before school started, we had said, okay, you can go, but there's not a place for you. There's a waiting list. So the next day he drove, he just got his driver's license. He drove me up to that school. And I, um, I said, we want to put him on the waiting list. Here's the application. She said, sit down here. I said, okay. Type, type, type. She goes, someone dropped out last night. There's a spot for Hunter. And I was like, okay, God, you're making this quite evident for me. And that really gave me a lot of security. I share that story, not because it has anything to do necessarily with our topic today, but just to say there are times to do different things. I love homeschooling. I think it's awesome. I wish we could have done it the whole time. But God saw otherwise and had other plans. And actually, it was really good because Hunter's three best friends, his like accountability partners, are from that school. And so he they're all in their 30s and they still keep up and they're still walking with God together. So little sidetrack right yeah, there. That's awesome. So Carrie, you know, homeschool moms, like we have so much on our plates, right? Because we have to homeschool the kids, but we still live in the house and we still have to feed everyone. And really, it does get overwhelming, especially like, say, if moms had their kids at public school, had the whole day and they could do whatever they needed to do. Now the kids are home. There's always messes, right? So we are tackling a reader question. She, Rebecca is the name of the homeschool mom who said, look, I need help with how do you manage homeschooling? but also not neglect all the homemaking things that we have to do as moms. So she wanted practical tips, like, how do I do this? And so you are our expert today. So what do you think? Like, is there a magic bullet or secret? Is there something that we're all missing? Or I don't know, is it more simple than we think? What What's your take on it? Well, I would say, first of all, I am not an expert at this. I just learned as I went, my kids, everyone in the family kept wanting to eat three meals a day. And I was just like, ah. and my least favorite meal to fix, even to this day, if we get together as with the grandkids, I'm like, I'll do breakfast and dinner. Y'all take care of lunch because I just don't like lunches. So just, I mean, I'll just throw a few things out just with meals and everything. I didn't like lunches. Um and so I just kept a list of about 10 or 15 lunch ideas so we weren't eating. Actually, none of my kids like peanut butter and jelly, <laughs> whatever they liked, you know. Um, we, I can alternate it because on the other hand, I didn't want to be serving and fixing and dealing with the same thing all the time. So I would just rotate because, I mean, two of them like macaroni and cheese and the other ones didn't. Two of them like bean tacos and the other one didn't. And so there was no choice. I mean, when they got old enough to fix their own lunch, they could do that. But when I was the one preparing the lunch, we all ate whatever mom made. And I wasn't like super rigid about it. And But they just knew that they, you know, they were going to have to eat whatever it was that we were fixing. Wasn't trying to fix something that someone didn't like for five days in a row. But um, so that's sort of it. I personally love I still love breakfast. My grandkids know me as, I guess, the pancake Gigi or something because I'm always making pancakes. But I grew up, my mom would cook us a meal. Yes, we went to the public school. But I still enjoy that. Whether you want to cook or not, I will say this. Um, I would highly, it's a homeschool family. I would highly encourage you to eat your meals together. The relationships you build are just phenomenal. There are actually research studies that say the best indicator of 
success academically in high school, um, this is across the board. This is not just homeschooling. Actually, it is, I think, research done in the public schools. The number one indicator of success academically is eating a meal, dinner together as a family. Mm-hmm. And I just, when I discovered that, I thought, wow. So it is sort of a pain. Maybe you don't like to cook. I would go find some, and I'm just picking on cooking right now, so we can talk about some other things, but let's just talk about cooking. Um the Crock-Pot was my friend, and y'all have Instapots these days because my daughters have Instapots, which I'm thinking, wow, you can put a frozen piece of meat in there and have it cooked like that. That's awesome. But um, it was my friend. So I would a lot of times start something in the morning, just after breakfast, throw it all in the Crock-Pot, and it was ready. And, you know, we could add a fruit salad or a little some bread or whatever we needed to add to it. Um, the other thing is I taught my kids to cook and by the, now I will say, well, we were a traditional Labor Day to Memorial Day, but no matter what you are during the summers, when my girls were in junior high, um, once a week, they had to cook our dinner for us. And so I wanted them, even though my middle daughter, she's like, she only liked to bake. She's like, I'm never going to cook. I do not. I'm like, okay, fine, but you're going to know how. And even my son loves to cook. The irony is all three of them cook now, and they marry two guys that actually like to cook. So cooking isn't a big issue. My daughter, who didn't like to cook in junior high, she's a phenomenal cook, and she actually enjoys it, and she bakes as well. So if you have kids that don't like it, just be patient. Their their views can change as well. So I believe in, I didn't do that as much for me. I did that because I wanted them when they left to know how to cook. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want them having to, you know, one, if it wasn't in their budget to go out, they could actually cook meals. And so, um, plus, I just think it's a fun thing to do as a family as well. That doesn't mean it's fun every night, but um, so a few things would be keep a list of whatever meals you need, breakfast, lunch, or dinner, um, get your kids to participate. I did interview uh, one of my friends, Amber, and she said by the time her kids were like maybe four years old, they could get up and get their breakfast on their own because she didn't cook breakfast. And I thought, you know, that's really true. My four-year-old granddaughter could get up there and she could get either some cereal, they have some protein bars, they have you know, like yogurt sticks and applesauce and all that kind of stuff. So really little kids could actually fix their own meal as well. So um, that would be it. And then I did meal plan. I wasn't consistent, but I did. I would just make sure I hated it when we get up from breakfast or, or lunch, especially and we get up, from, what's for dinner? And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, we just finished lunch. Why are y'all wanting to know what's for dinner? My life was smoother. I wasn't stressing out at five to figure out what we were eating. So um, so I did try to keep a meal plan. And if you don't like that, just make a 30-day meal plan and just rotate it every single month. You know, it doesn't have to be super creative either. You can just depend on you know, the easy type of meals that you like to fix. So mm-hmm. that's all cooking that I don't know what else that's, you want to talk about. No, that's helpful because that's like one of the biggest things we have to deal with. I'm one of those moms. I don't cook breakfast. My kids have always gotten their own. Like I'll, I'll get lunch together and supper, but I don't like to cook personally. Like that's one of my things is like, oh, you guys need to eat. <laughs> like I have to, you know, but I do love your crock pot idea and the 30 day meal plan. That's helpful. And if you don't love cooking, it doesn't have to be fancy and it doesn't have to be overwhelming. Like make it simple, right? Keep 
keep it simple. And you know, the, the lovely thing is we're not homeschooling till five o'clock. So you usually have time in the afternoon to even if you need to do some stuff, right? We have time in our schedules to make it work. So true. And I will just say my kids, um, they do things differently than me, but I'm looking, especially at my girls, because my son is really into health and he does all these healthy things. So, but you know, they get the bag salad. I don't get the bag salad. I still don't, but they get the bag salad because they want their kids to have a salad, but they don't want to have to fix it themselves. You know, they may get a pork tenderloin that's already got the rub all over it. And all they have to do is throw it in the oven or on the grill or something Mm -hmm. like that. So, Find what works for you. And just because I like to cook doesn't mean you do. Mm-hmm. Find what works. I mean, my other daughter, the one likes bake, the other one doesn't. But the one that doesn't, she's just always getting the slice and bake. And her kids love all of that. You know, they think it's all great anyway. So yeah. find what works for you. Right. Now, the 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 struggle is, okay, homeschooling, we're like, this is kind of my priority, right? Like I can't just ignore it, get all my housework done and then go, oh yeah, I need to homeschool the kids. So what do you think about, you know, the time of day or the specific times a day that have worked best for you guys? How did you structure your daily schedule to balance the homeschooling and the homemaking? So I will share my story. I am a morning, well, once I had kids, I wasn't a morning or a night person, but I felt like I operated the best in the morning. And so for our family, we homeschooled pretty much, um, We I don't even remember all the times, but, um, and you know, thinking about, I even have a schedule on my website somewhere I'll have to share, but we we would eat breakfast and about 30 minutes after breakfast, and we had devotions. We did our family devotions then. Um just because, as my husband says, he had a, uh, he finished first and he had a captive audience because they were all still eating, you know, but that was sort of our time to do that. Then about 30 minutes after breakfast, that gave them time to get dressed, clean up their room if they could, um, play the piano, just get ready for school. And then I'm going to say around 8.30 or 9 to 12 or 12.30, we homeschooled. If it wasn't done, I was done and I did not do. Now we did fun things. You know, we would go to activities. The kids were in sports in the afternoon. But as far as my formal academic homeschooling, if it wasn't done, we just did it the next day. And I had to learn not to stress. I can be, I can lean towards type A, but God has added some flexibility once those children came along. And I realized, and I remember when I first had, Ashley, our oldest, I read something about if you keep a to-do list and you have a baby, put every item on for three days in a row, because one of those three days, you'll probably get it done. And that sounds silly, but it just relieved me from the check the box thing. And so I was like, okay, now I could do that in homeschool because we actually had to get some things done. But, you know, we would just homeschool. I was not tied to a curriculum. When Memorial Day hit, we stopped. And then when Labor Day came around, we just picked up from wherever we are. We still learn. We still read in the summer. You know, if you looked at it, you'd still think we were sort of homeschooling because of the activities. But, you know, as far as math or a history curriculum, I remember we were in the middle of Rome and we just stopped at Memorial Day. We picked it up at Labor Day. And so some of that's organization and planning, but I had to just take a step back, relax, n- remember that as a public school teacher, I never finished anything within a year. You know, I never finished the social studies curriculum or the science or the math or any of it. 
And so too often we put so much pressure on ourselves to do all these things in homeschool. Then we've got to clean. Then we've got to take, got to go to the grocery store. We've got to do all these things. I would say, and I know I'm sort of rabbit trailing and rambling around, but one of the things too is give yourself grace and patience and don't, I mean, just take a step back and enjoy your kids because I can guarantee you now that I am looking back, they are gone like that. And all of a sudden, you know, you're remembering them running across this two-year-olds across the kitchen floor and all of a sudden they're on their own and they got their own two-year-olds and stuff. So um, give yourself grace and patience and just give yourself patience. I say that. And the other thing I guess I'm thinking of is that isn't to say kids should be lazy and not work through whatever it is. I still, you have to sort of look at a kid's heart and you know your children best. So if they're being lazy, I think you do have to deal with that. But sometimes I just plan way too much in a day and I needed to take a step back. So that's sort of my planning day. And the afternoon, if they had to work on their own, they could, they could read on their own. That was my time. I actually worked from home. And so I didn't want my kids' memory of me all day long to be the back of my head staring at a computer. And so I was completely focused on homeschool in the morning. Mm -hmm. All the other things, the grocery shopping, the take the kids wherever, the work at home. And I wasn't working 20 hours in the afternoon, but, you know, I was working during the afternoon. I didn't do that during homeschool time. I was completely focused on homeschool during that morning time. Now, I have a friend from high school and she's a night owl and I could never imagine doing this. But seriously, they did their homeschool from six at night to like 10 at night. And I'm just thinking, oh, my goodness, there is no way. So I say, give yourself grace. Give the people around you grace. Look at what works for your family, you know, and people with illnesses and all this stuff. You've got to sort of give yourself grace and look at your day and your week and see what works best and then make that mesh. But Focus on homeschool for three or four hours. Give yourself other time during the day to get all that other stuff done that you're feeling like you need to get done. So did you schedule like one day every week that you did your errands and your grocery shopping? Was it like, did you take the kids with you? How did you do that? Well, when they were little, um, to think, um, no, I did not do it all in one day. If I were a four day a weeker, I probably would have, and then done everything on that fifth day. You know, I know some people homeschool four, and that's another option. That's a great option. But um, I just use afternoons, and I don't really remember exactly what I did. I would think, I don't know if I did grocery shopping at the beginning or the end of the week, but whenever I knew that it was time to buy the groceries for a week's worth, and that was, I didn't want to go to the grocery store every day. Mm -hmm. So we would just go. Uh, When they were with me, I would take them. And when they were old enough, I would actually give each one of them something to go get, and they'd have to go find it and meet back with me. And then they weren't just complaining about having to be at the grocery store. And I mean, obviously, I was giving them things they knew what it was, but, um, but that was another thing we could do. I would do that. As far as cleaning, when they were older and we were probably a little more focused on academics, we did our cleaning on Saturday mornings. Mm -hmm. And my kids all know how to clean because I hired a college kid one time to clean when they were little. And my bathroom was not clean after I paid that college kid. And I thought, they're going to know how to clean. So we actually 
rotated chores, if you want to call them chores or whatever. And I did not do it by the week. This is the best advice someone gave me. If you want your kids to really know how to do the dishes or vacuum or laundry, you need to give it to them for more than a week. And so we normally went for three months and they had the same job for three months. That way they really learned it. And when it was time for them to do it again, they knew how to do it as well. Now, that's for big things like cleaning the bathroom or doing the laundry or maybe vacuuming everything. As far as the table and the dishes and the meals, we just, they took turns and that was, I mean, like setting the table, what, I mean, you know how to do that when you're five years old. Um, so we took turns and this sounds really silly. Another thing we did is I had three kids and they all wanted to sit my dad, but he only had two sides. So every week we rotated their seats and each of the three seats had a different job. So one would set the table, clear the table and put the dishes in the dishwasher. So I taught them how to do it. That's a life skill. They need yeah. to know it. And it wasn't all on me. And that way, as we did their chores, if they had to get the bathroom clean, they could pick the day that they needed to. We just had to be clean by a certain time or right. the laundry done or whatever. Right. Yeah, I'm huge with that too. Like if homeschool moms are overwhelmed, but their kids aren't helping with the housework, that's like a huge untapped. I mean, like you said, little kids can learn to do chores too, right? And so I think that's a huge thing. Like if this mom is wondering and maybe she hasn't taught her kids how to do chores yet, well, there's like one low hanging fruit area where she can like get some time back into her day. So when you're working with homeschooling and homemaking, what kind of things did you do to make sure you still had some personal time? You kind of mentioned working too. Like, is there any other tips for moms? Because this is another thing where we feel so burnt out, especially when the kids are little. How did you make time to get like personal goals done and that type of thing? Well, I mentioned I'm a morning person. Even before the kid, even before we homeschooled, I would get up before everyone and we had a gym membership and I would go work out and I, they had something where I could read a book. And so while I was walking on the treadmill, I could read. And that was filling for me. It would fill me up. I would come home and I would do my Bible study and I would have my quiet time. Then um, once we started homeschooling, I don't remember going to the gym that much, but I am a walker and I like to walk outside. So even when we lived in Idaho in the snow, I would get up before everyone at least an hour before everyone. It, it's what worked for me again. This may not work for you, so find a time. But I would get up, I would go for a walk, and that was my prayer time because it was sort of double, but you know, I, I wanted to exercise, I wanted to walk. So I would pray. Then I would come home and I would read my Bible. And then whatever book, because I'm a big believer that moms need to be reading the books their kids are reading. And I believe that if you've got 10 kids, you can't read 10 books. So I would group them and I would read book that, you know, my kids and my, I only had three. So pretty much I could assign them the same book. Um, so I would read that book. And the other thing we did was a reading journal, not a narration, but actually writing about whatever it was, at building up some thinking skills. And so in the morning time, after my walk, I'd read my Bible, I would read that book, and then I'd put an entry into my um, reading journal as well. That was sort of what kept me going um, spiritually, emotionally, and all of that. As far as time with friends and all of that kind of stuff, to be honest, I don't really remember 
like planning coffee dates like I do now. I do remember getting together with other families, like to let the kids play together or hang out, and that would be my chance. Or we would get together as families and have meals together, and we would take turns being in each other's home. And that for me, I mean, I like having people that may stress you out, but I like having them over. But I would also go to other people's, and that was relaxing. And that way the kids could go off and play, the dads would visit, the moms would visit. And that social time, you know, or if you're in a small group at church, we weren't at the time. We just had this group of friends that we would get together with. Um, So it wasn't a formal small group, but in the end, it was very similar to small groups from church. Mm -hmm. So we talked about the meal planning. We talked about the chores. We're talking about some schedules and that type of thing. Now, the other thing that I think some homeschool moms get stressed out about is keeping our homeschool space and stuff and materials and all of that organized because if you send your kids off to school, all that mess stays at school. Well, now all that learning stuff is at your house. What strategies did you use to keep yourself organized, keep all the books and the you know manipulatives and all that stuff? How did you keep it organized? You're not going to like the answer, but I'm blessed with a room and we could close it off. Um, and that we bought this house in 1988. So it's been here forever. I never planned to homeschool, but there is an old outdoor like porch that they, before I closed this, it was built in 1948, but there's an old porch that they actually closed in and made a den. And we, my husband used that for an office. Then he ended up renting a space in town and that we used that room. And it was big enough for all three kids to have a desk. It had a built-in desk for me with built-in bookshelves. I was blessed by God to be able to have these things. So, um, but there are other times that we didn't stay there. Oh, and I'll say that was mostly elementary, junior high. When my kids were in, like, say, junior high to high school, we didn't live in this house. We are in Idaho for four years. They pretty much did all their work in the room. And so they just kept all their books there. We did... Um, I had a desk somewhere. I don't really remember. It may have been in the basement. But, you know, I would have a place that I could just either in my bedroom or in that basement that I could work at and keep everything organized. I also kept a filing cabinet, like a four-drawer filing cabinet. Steve had some of his work stuff, but always had one or two drawers of manila folders. And this is before everything was digital, but I would print out a little spreadsheet every week and I just kept folders for every year. And that spreadsheet was what we, that was our lesson plan. I didn't use some big fancy lesson planner. Now, having said that, if I were in a place that I couldn't do that, I would actually, I did have this. I had some of those big Rubbermaid things and I had all our art and craft supplies in one of them. I had all our science, like the microscope and the whatever, you know, it was all right there. So when we needed it, we could pull that out and then put, um, you know, pull it out and we'll finish, put it all back in. The other thing we did, if you come to my house, every room, the kitchen doesn't, but, um, but the bathrooms in the kitchen has bookshelves. And so we had books in every room. When we started homeschooling, we had space in our living room to actually build in these really nice bookshelves. And then about waist high was uh, cabinets and those were bookshelves as well. So I could hide all the mess in the cabinets and just keep the nice pretty ones up 
on top. And to this day, all the ones in those bottom are still our history books from like creation to modern times and all the different ages that we did. So I would just encourage you to find, I just go, I mean, I just went to Office Depot. There's nicer ones, I'm sure. But we just found bookshelves and every bedroom had a bookshelf in it that we could store books. Um, so that was another thing that we would do. Awesome. Okay, so as we wrap up, Carrie, tell us about, I know you have some resources. I mean, you have a lot of resources and I'm sure we you could think of five for each of these topics. But if you want to mention one or two that you think will be a good fit for some of these things we addressed and then just tell us um, why you're going to recommend that resource. Okay, and I, you know, you and I talked about this a little beforehand. I completely forgot I have a little ebook on a typical daily schedule. So I'll give you a link to that. And it's just, but there's a blog post that goes along with it and you can sort of see what it is. And it was my schedule in elementary, but then also high school because that looked different because they were yeah. able to do a lot more and help around the house. Yeah. The other thing I have, two other things is I have a three-part video course that comes to you by mail. It's how to simplify your homeschool. And it just sort of helps you take a step back. And I think this will, y'all be listening to this at the end of this year, beginning of the year. So a lot of times moms are sort of, sort of trying to, I want to simplify. I want to figure out what I'm doing. So there are some things in there for goals. And I know it's sort of middle of a school year for some people, but that might be a time to just sort of step back. And we talk about kid goals, family goals, short-term, long-term, and other ways to get organized and simplify your life. The third one is a recipe book. I made, I think it was back in COVID time when, you know, you couldn't go out to eat. Moms were wanting something. And it's basically easy family meal ideas. And there's a breakfast section, a lunch section. There's no recipes there. There's just my list of everything because I told you I don't like lunch. I don't mind eating it. I just don't like <laughs> fixing it. And then the dinner ideas as well. And so those might be just some, they were just quick and easy meals that I used. And I had like five meals that were my go-to meals when I couldn't think of anything or when life fell apart. And let's face it, life is going to fall apart. And all of a sudden that great plan you had all day long and the meal plan, it all falls apart because you end up in the emergency room or something like that. So, um, you know, those are mostly some of my go-to meals that we just sort of had um, on hand. So those three, I hope, would be able to help, especially in this um, topic that we're talking about. Yes, I think those are going to be awesome. We will link to all of them in the show notes and everything else. We'll link to where you can find Carrie online at howtohomeschoolyourchild.com. So thank you so much, Carrie, for joining us in these busy weeks leading up to the holidays. I appreciate your time. Well, thank you, Abby. I appreciate you having me. All right. Talk to you later. Hey, Rebecca, and every other listener who had this same question, I hope this episode was helpful. Now, just remember, Carrie shares ideas, I share ideas. Some of these things are going to work great for you, and some of them are going to be a flop because you do have to find what works for you and your kids. You guys have your own unique personality, your own way of you know, living and how you want your house to be and all of those things. So I hope we've inspired you with some ideas you might not have thought of. Definitely ch take a look at Carrie's resources she mentioned, and we'll put it all in the show notes for you at 41more.com forward slash 245. Thanks for joining us today. And in the meantime, happy homeschooling.